Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Like we discipline our children, we need to discipline our minds. When that thought comes and we're tormented by it, anxious because of it, fearful of it, and we're going back and forth with it, we need to bring our minds into submission and discipline our minds. Faith is the antithesis of fear. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. In light of COVID-19, Pastor J.D. is sharing some special messages. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will explain that when you worry, you are letting Satan torment you with anxious and fearful thoughts. Instead of letting Satan put wrong thoughts in your mind, you need to go to the Bible to counter those wrong thoughts with truth from the Bible. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Don't Worry. I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel to hear this exchange, but as David is there, he hears only one time this uncircumcised Philistine blaspheme the name of his God, and that's not okay. All he had to do was hear it one time. Hear his brothers and the army of Israel, and worse yet, the king of Israel, Saul, had been hearing it for 40 days and 40 nights. And David hears it one time. And he says, this is not okay. Let me go fight him. And so they take him to Saul, and Saul's trying to talk him out of it. And he says to Saul, Saul, with all due respect, my king, and David, I'm sure, was very respectful, said, listen, God in the past has delivered a bear into my hands and a lion into my hands, and this uncircumcised Philistine is nothing. It's very interesting, he never calls him Goliath. I think the reason he never calls him Goliath is because Goliath means champion. He only refers to him as an uncircumcised Philistine who blasphemed the name of his God. So again, it's good, it's very healthy for us to recall those battles in the past, those worries in the past, and how God was so faithful to deliver you. There's another way that prayer changes us, and it has to do with, again, the peace that comes as a result of the very act of praying. Just quieting your heart, settling your heart, and crying out to God. We see this in the Psalms. We talk about this often, where the psalmist, usually David actually, the other psalmist as well, they start off, and I mean, it's just, they're, they're crying out to God. Whatever crisis they're in is so bad. They can't sleep. They're crying all the time. 
They're, they're soaking their beds with their tears, crying out to God. And then by the time they get to the end of the psalm, they go from crying out to God to praising God. But here's the thing, nothing has changed. The crisis is still there. The situation has not changed. They've changed. The peace that guards our hearts and minds does not come by way of understanding. And please understand that when Paul says it's a peace that surpasses human understanding, see, sometimes we can have peace of mind when we understand. Oh, now I understand. Okay, now I can have peace of mind. That's not what Paul's talking about. This is not the peace that comes from understanding. This is that peace that can still come. It's the peace of God from the God of peace, even though I don't have understanding. I think that's a a word maybe for somebody, specifically as it relates to the situation that we're in now (laughs) in the world today. I know this is a very well-known proverb, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. We sing it, we quote it, we memorize it. But I want to draw your attention to something that's woven into the fabric of it. Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Kind of has the idea of He will straighten it out. Uh, But notice there's sort of a three-pronged prerequisite. Similar to what Paul says in Philippians 4. This three-pronged prerequisite. If you will pray about everything, thank God for anything, and worry about no thing, then once that three-pronged prerequisite has been met, then God will give you this peace, not from understanding, despite the understanding, surpassing the understanding, and that's the peace that will come. Well, there's a similar template of sorts here. It's a three-pronged prerequisite. First, trust in the Lord. Second, don't lean on your own understanding. And third, in all your ways submit to Him or acknowledge Him. That's prayer. That's going to Him in all your ways, casting all your cares, bringing all your prayers to Him, Then, when that three-pronged prerequisite is met, He will straighten it out. But see, we have a problem. Like when Paul says, pray about everything, thank Him for anything, and then you'll worry about nothing. We've got it backwards. We don't thank Him for anything, and we don't pray about anything, and we worry about everything. And the same thing is true here. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. When is it that I go to the Lord, acknowledge the Lord, 
Turn to the Lord. Submit to the Lord. Isn't it when I don't understand? I don't know what to do. I think about Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. I mean, he just <laughs> cries out to God, impossible situation. And I mean, in that prayer, he says all the right things. Lord, this is impossible. We don't understand. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's all that God needs to hear. I think of it this way. God can't resist it when we come to that place where we throw up our hands, we come to the end of ourselves. We say, Lord, I I don't understand. I don't know what to do. This is impossible. I'm turning to you. I'm crying out to you. I'm trusting in you with all of my heart. I don't think the Lord can resist it when we do that. And he rushes in and he straightens it out. The word that Paul uses for anxious or anxiety in the original language of the Greek New Testament is actually two words put together. The first part of the word means torn, or separated, or divided. And the second part of the word in the original language is the word for mind. In other words, to be anxious or worried is to literally have a divided mind, or double-minded. As James says, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you don't understand. Lord, I I need wisdom. I need to know what to do. I'm putting my trust in you. I'm crying out to you. I'm casting all my cares upon you. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, back and forth. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. It's kind of like this. You're going back and forth. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's a torn mind, a divided mind, a double mind. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that we as Christians should never worry, it would be that it accomplishes absolutely nothing. (laughs) I've heard it said this way, one minute spent worrying is one minute wasted. As one aptly said it, worrying is like a rocking chair. You (laughs) keep going back and forth, but you never get anywhere. If this weren't bad enough, Not only does worrying accomplish nothing, most of what we worry about never actually even happens. There was an interesting study done by a Dr. Joseph Goway, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, that looked into 
how many of our imagined calamities never materialize? In it, subjects were asked to write down their worries over an extended period of time and then identify which of their imagined misfortunes did not actually happen. It turns out that 85% of what subjects worried about never happened. 85%. Now, some of you worriers out there, you know who you are. You're saying, okay, what about the other 15%? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Here's what the study found. With the 15% that did happen, 79% of subjects discovered either they could handle the difficulty better than expected, or the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. This means that 97% of what you worry over is not much more than a fearful mind punishing you with exaggerations and misperceptions. I would suggest that this spirit of fear is exactly what Satan seeks to do, especially at a time like this, in order to torment us with anxious and fearful thoughts in our mind. Satan cannot read our mind, but he can put thoughts in our mind. And it's when he puts that fearful thought, that anxious thought in our mind, and it's met with supple soil, and we start entertaining it, and it begins to germinate and sprout and grow. It will end in a bitter fruit. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And by the way, the the original language carries with it the idea of a disciplined mind. And that kind of changes the complexion of it a little bit, because it suggests that we need to discipline our minds. Like we discipline our children, we need to discipline our minds. When that thought comes, and we're tormented by it, anxious because of it, fearful of it, and we're going back and forth with it, we need to bring our minds into submission and discipline our minds. Faith is the antithesis of fear. As one put it, if you don't live with an anchor of faith, you're going to drift in a sea of anxiety the question becomes one of how. And this is what the Lord has really ministered to me with my own fears, my own struggle with anxiety and worry, is that you have to replace fear with faith. And there's a way to do it, a very practical way to do it, and it's found in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. In other words, if faith 
comes by hearing the Word of God, then the question becomes, wouldn't it stand to reason that fear and worry come by hearing the words of the enemy? So the more I hear the Word of God, the more faith I'll have. Conversely, the more I hear the words of the enemy, the more fear I'll have. Faith comes that way, fear comes this way. It's for this reason that we do err greatly to our own peril. When we have undisciplined minds, when we allow any thought into our minds, you know what's ironic? We go to great lengths, and we're so careful about what we allow into our bodies. Yet, we could care less what we allow into our minds. I mean, we're so health conscious with our our physical health. What about our mental health? What about our minds? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, the Apostle Paul writing, says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and, listen, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I hope this isn't too dorky, but here's how I see it, and here's how I say it in my own experience. Here comes a thought. Satan plants a thought. What if they show up at your house and they force you to get tested, and worse yet, vaccinated? And then here I am, I'm I'm going, oh no. And the worry, and the fear, and the anxiety, and the terror, and the horror, and all of the above. Or, I say, wait a minute, stop, hold it right there. Not so fast. I take captive. I catch that thought and I say, hold it right there. Uh, Let's see if this is compatible with, obedient to the words of Christ, because if it isn't, out you go. So let's take that that I just uh, used as an illustration. See, I don't have to worry about that. I'm going to take that thought captive. That thought is not allowed in because it's incompatible with and disobedient to the Word of God. Because see, in the Word of God, I know that the church will be raptured before the seven-year tribulation, and this Revelation chapter 13 prophecy about everyone taking the Antichrist causing everyone, great and small, rich and poor, to take this mark without which they will not be able to buy and sell and live. See, I, I know that that is incompatible with the Word of God. If you're one that is prone to become worried or fearful or given over to anxiety concerning something like that, I want to encourage you. You take that thought captive. That is not of the Lord. God does not give us a spirit of fear. 
If it's fear, it's not from the Lord. If it's peace, it is from the Lord. If it's faith, it is from the Lord. Romans 12, let me preface it first by saying that we've sort of um, stayed away from the whole mental, psychological, because we don't want to be lumped in with those who tend to uh, focus on the psychological aspect of our faith. But God is the God of psychology. And we're told to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind. And I think Christians have, again, to their own peril, dismissed the importance of the mind, the brain, the the brain health, the mental health. Listen to what Paul says here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's not brainwashing, it's washing the brain. There's a cleansing, a purifying, a renewing of the brain, the mind. How? By the Word of God. The Word of God. The water of the Word of God cleanses, purifies, renews. And maybe you have been paralyzed by fear because of this crisis. I want to really encourage you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word. Maybe turn off the the TV. There have been many times, especially recently, where I've just had to turn everything off, shut everything down, and just get into the Word and let the Word get into me and have that transforming, renewing effect on my mind, more importantly, especially at night, It's so healthy. It's so mentally healthy to have that renewing of your mind with the Word of God. You get into the Word, and the Word gets into you. Spend time in the Psalms. You need wisdom? Get into the Proverbs. Anyway, I just, again, lastly want to encourage you. You do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be worried. You do not need to be anxious. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.